listening to the bob and bo show here are your hosts ty bob ty bo and sean welcome back to the show everyone i am ty bob joined by ty bo and sean if you're on youtube right now you up oh, there's his hand now you can see it uh we're coming back to you on a thursday live during thursday night football uh but before we get to the nfl show the Kansas City Chiefs play the Denver Donkeys. It is, it is not the Broncos, it's the Donkeys. At 3.05 on Sunday. Uh, but like I said, we do have Thursday night kicking off. So let's turn this over into a new segment with Talking with Tyler. Yeah, right there. I'm Tyler. And uh, they got another doozy of a Thursday night matchup tonight. They got a shitty team in the Raiders and an even shittier team in the Rams playing. They've been playing for damn near 25 minutes, and only one team has scored. And I tell you what, I don't even care who. Back to you. <laughs> I said, that's our new segment. We've got Tyler. The Red I don't know why they even bother me with this matchup. <laughs> He's going to be reporting after every quarter and halftime in the final if we make it through that far at the end of the NFL show. Uh, we do also have our boring off-field reporter, Sean, who will be bringing any big catches, scores, anything like that uh, as they happen. In the um, most boring way possible. In the most boring way possible because that's Did just – you guys see that guy running? I, he was yelling at me real angry. I don't know what his problem was. He was, was. pissed off, man. I, don't, I, I think he doesn't like to be bothered. Well, folks, that also leads us into it. We've got um, an interesting top five for you. Probably one of my favorites, I would have to say. So we had a good pre-show discussion about it. So let's kick this one off to Ty Bo for his top five. Look, we all know this crew drinks, okay? We went to Weston Whiskey Fest together. We enjoy a good cocktail. So that's why... I'm coming at you with Tybo's top five and some cocktails. Now, I like what I like. I don't venture too far out from it. I will try just about anything once, but there's no there's no more consistent cocktails than the ones that I'm about to give you right now. So my two honorable mentions are very common. Um Call them boring if you want, um, but they have stood the test of time. These are two of the most popular cocktails ordered in bars and restaurants around the country, around the world almost. Um, but my honorable mentions are a Crown and Coke and a 7 and 7. Both cocktails are made with whiskey. Um, both cocktails I like with a little bit less soda than what they normally give you. Um, I don't necessarily need a whole lot more liquor in there. I just want a little bit less my wife goes on a whole tangent about, I just want a little less soda in there. Like, you know, you're not going to get as much alcohol, right? like more alcohol. It's like, yes, I know. I just want to taste my alcohol. You know, I don't want the soda to just drown it out. Um, but the, the seven and seven was my mom's favorite drink for a long time. I kind of like started my adult drinking life, drinking seven and sevens. Um, I do think a crown and Coke is slightly better. Um, but a seven and seven is still a close second to me. 
But moving into the actual top five, my number five took me a while to come around on them. Uh, I got the Bloody Mary. Um, my my dad's Canadian. They make Caesars up there. They make their Bloody Marys. So a Caesar is a Bloody Mary just made with Clamato juice. I don't know who in their right mind decided to put clam juice and tomato juice and thought it was a great idea. Um, but Canadians apparently love it. Um, so the first Bloody Mary I tried, I was probably 18 or 19, was actually a Caesar and I did not like it. Um, but my wife, a couple years back, reintroduced me to Bloody Marys and I really liked it. I like vinegary things and you can put you can put vinegar and other vinegary things in a Bloody Mary and it's Mwah. Delicioso. Best best brunch cocktail by far. Take a Bloody Mary over Mimosa any day. Number four. Um, I guess maybe the wild card for me of the bunch. Um, I had one on my anniversary trip uh, this year. And I know I've had one uh, before that instance, but this one that I had was expertly crafted. Um, but the Espresso Martini. Mm. mostly alcohol you get some espresso in there i love coffee i love coffee flavored things i love espresso i love the high i get from caffeine um so what better cocktail for me than an espresso martini um it's kind of a little bit of an upper class drink um you're gonna you're gonna pay for it uh, when you get it but it'll get you drunk (laughs) (laughs) and you know a little hyper uh so number three there are so many variations i'll take a flavored one i'll take a regular one the margarita don't need a whole lot of salt on my rim i definitely don't want sugar on my rim if i have a sweet or flavored margarita i'll take it just as a like a strawberry or a mango whatever don't need that a whole lot of extra stuff on there um homemade margaritas with like fresh fruit um delicious and you can mix it up. There's so many things you can do with a margarita as just long as you've got those like kind of basic ingredients. Um, a lime juice, preferably, or a fruit juice, your sweet and sour. Um, I mean, margaritas, Americans love them, okay? Is we it love stick on a mile. <laughs> what? Regular or frozen? Uh, so my margarita spot that I go to, I ask for half half frozen half uh, that's like the, that's the combination that's the texture that i really like um but i can drink just about any any kind i'll take i'll take frozen i'll take on the rocks i don't care number two sean called this one pre-show and it lands at number two it's the white russian um probably blasphemous coming from me and you know my interest, but I've never seen the Big Lebowski, and I that drink, that. yeah, that drink is uh, partially famous because of the Big Lebowski. Uh, but vodka Kahlua and a splash of milk or cream. I like mine. I I like my White Russians kind of dark. Like I, I back off on the on the cream a little bit. I like the Kahlua flavor to kind of stand out. Um. I I really I, even though it's called a white Russian, I do know it is a white Russian. When I go out to a bar and they make my white Russian like super super white, it's like, did you put any Kahlua in this? I don't. I'm not tasting a whole lot of it. It's just like 
a glass of freaking milk. And that's not what I want when I'm drinking. Um, but the Kahlua is the goat of like all dessert beverages in my mind. Um, mudslide is up there, but the Kahlua is just like so simple and like Kahlua is delicious. White Rush, number two. Number one, this was my signature cocktail at my wedding. It's a Jameson and ginger beer with an orange slice. It's a slight variation on a mule. Um, typically, you can go out to a bar and ask for an Irish mule, and you'll get the Jameson, the ginger beer, and the lime juice. I switch it up just a little bit. Instead of a lime wedge or lime juice, I throw an orange peel in it, and I think it tastes better. It's fantastic. Um couple steps away from a seven and seven, but those little bit of ingredient changes just really, really elevate that. Jameson, I don't know, man. It's something about Jameson in a cocktail. It's just kind of really, really smooth. Um, it's hard to explain, but I love whiskey and Jameson's a good commercial whiskey um, that most bars are going to have. They don't always have my ginger beer. They don't always have my orange slice, but Jameson um, is a solid reliable alcohol top five cocktails boys that's a solid list i think uh i think a lot of people will agree with a couple of those for their lists as well i can't do the uh bloody mary's no tomato juice here oh it's delicious the only one i'm kind of surprised about is no old-fashioned on there not a fan i've bought i've had like uh, specifically pre-made like jarred simple syrup that was for it um, and there was like this little kit that came with different kinds of bitters so you could make a slightly different flavored old fashioned so I tried them at home a bunch of times I followed like the recipe like did all the measurements right I just I couldn't really like keep into it Fair enough. I but I do love whiskey tricky to make well, folks, like I said, the Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Donkeys this week. It is the first of the two games that we will play towards the end of the season against them. We do have a little news to get into before we get to the injury report and the rest of the show. So starting off with the read option, uh, he reported today that the Chiefs have elevated defensive tackle Brandon Williams to the active roster. That was to be expected with the cutting of Taylor Stallworth earlier this week. The 33-year-old is expected to come in and at least get a part-time role to start off, uh, but with um, how he, well he has played in the past and um, given our run defense issues, could be making a role soon. Uh, there's another little bit uh, that I saw here um, for some statistics. I thought it was really neat. This one comes from Russell Clay. The Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco is entering uncharted territory. Most total yards in a rookie year among running backs drafted in round seven uh, of the NFL draft since 2000. Number one, Daryl Richardson at 638 yards in a season. Number two, Bryce Brown at 620. Number four was Peyton Hillis at 522. And number five was Bo Scarborough out of Alabama at 382 which that lands Isaiah Pacheco right in the heart at number three with 567 yards. He doesn't have much to go, 
less than 100 yards to pass second and third place on total yards in their rookie season, uh, just straight up for yards. So pretty interesting to see how well Isaiah Pacheco has been doing, uh, given the running back by committee um, and his slow start to the season in, in terms of reps given. Yeah, I think he's easily going to break that record. No problem. A rookie's total yardage? For rookie's seventh total round yardage. For a seventh round pick. Oh, for a seventh round pick. Okay, that makes more sense. Sorry, I missed the first part of that. Which, obviously, there's a couple memorable names in there. You had Bar- Bo Scarborough out of Alabama, the uh, big, scary dude uh, that you thought he was going to come in and be amazing and did absolutely nothing. Uh, but also former chief Peyton Hillis, uh, who's in there? Did not realize he was a seventh round pick. Pretty interesting. I forgot he was a chief. <laughs> you can't forget him. He's on the cover of Madden. As a Brown. <laughs> Such high hopes for that guy. Well, folks, there's been a lot of news about Chiefs injuries the last few weeks. And let me tell you, it's looking pretty good finally. There's been a lot of players getting back to practice this week. So let's go over the report here really quickly. Uh, We have got for the Kansas city chiefs, a few light practices here. And then everybody else has been a full practice over Wednesday and Thursday. So our light practices are Nick Bolton linebacker with a groin issue, light practice Wednesday and Thursday. And then also Kadarius Tony with his hamstring issue, light practice Wednesday and Thursday, but they both did practice in some fashion. Everybody else on the list, the list, like I said, has been a full participant through Wednesday and Thursday. So there is Dion Bush, Willie Gay, Patrick Mahomes with that foot injury, uh, Jarek McKinnon, Lucas Niang, which is good to see back. He could be a starter this week. Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Trey Smith, Legarius Need, Joe Tooney, Jalen Watson, and Joshua Williams, as I said, have all been full participants this week. Uh, it's good to see. What are your guys' thoughts so far? Real quick, though, is this uh, is this McColl's fourth, fourth week? week? Fourth week. He'll be back next week. Let's stop the presses. Hold. We have got some info from our boring off-field reporter, Sean. Yeah, well, uh, it looks like one of the teams kicked the ball through the uprights. I guess it was the Raiders. You think that's so? all I got? All right. Well, thank you for that update. Boring off-field reporter Sean. I believe the score is seven to three uh, for the Raiders. Uh, it could be ten to zero. I don't know. It's re- it, it, it is ten to zero. It's ten to zero. Thank you, boring off-field reporter Sean. <laughs> Um, so that is the report from the Kansas city chiefs injury list. Uh, there are quite a few that are on the list here for the Denver Broncos, um, to start this one. Uh, let's see here. We do. Wait, have... hold on. Did I get an answer to my question before boring guy? Yes, you did. He, this, this is week four of McCall Hardman's, uh, injury. Uh, yeah. IR. Uh, so he is available He'll to return as week. early as next week. Uh, Andy Reid did have his press conference today, Thursday, uh, stating that uh, McColl was putting on good weight and is uh, is looking good, uh, but did not comment on the timeline for his return. 
to the Denver Broncos injury list. We've got a quite a few non-participants uh, for both Wednesday and Thursday, starting off with linebacker Dakota Allen. You also had fullback tight end Andrew Beck. Uh, we also had Brandon, uh, no, excuse me, uh, Dalton Risner and Cortland Sutton with a hamstring issue. Interesting there for the number one wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. There was also a few non-participants on Wednesday who are light participants on uh, Thursday. That was uh, offensive lineman Tom Compton and then kicker Brandon McManus. Um, Now, the rest of these were light practices and full practice mixtures. You had uh, long snapper uh, Jacob Bobbin Moyer. Often, or outside linebacker Baron Browning, defensive lineman Jonathan Harris, safety Kareem Jackson, uh, who is a light participant for rest. Uh, there was wide receiver Jerry Judy, corner Quan Williams, defensive tackle Deshaun Williams, linebacker Justin Stenard or Sternad. Um, there's a couple more on this list as well, uh, but it seems like the rest of them are uh, light practice or full participants. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on a lot of those non-participants in practice? What, for the Broncos? Yes. I mean, they're, a little, they're looking a little worse than us on their injury report, and we've had better players than them anyway, so it's not looking great for them. Um, but any given Sunday, right? I think it's nice to see Tony trying to get back in some capacity. I would really like to have him for the playoffs. Even if we don't get him down the stretch, I would really like to have him for the playoffs. And we do have another report from our boring off-field reporter, Sean. What's going on? Well, uh, it looks like there's a new quarterback in for the Rams. That's a new guy. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Does that mean uh boring off field report? It is Baker Mayfield who is stepping in wearing the number 17. We have not seen him wear that number in the NFL uh as of yet. So uh it is interesting. Sean McVay plans to go uh I don't know if this is if this is gonna be time um split between three quarterbacks, two quarterbacks. What's going on? We'll uh we'll have to wait to hear more from our boring off-field reporter Sean through the rest of the show. Uh let's get into what we should be expecting from this game, the uh Broncos and the Chiefs. Let's start off with offense. Uh what should we expect to see in this game? I'm expecting to see a lot less mistakes. The Broncos still have a pretty solid defense. So I think that we're going to come looking to play, looking to show out, looking to keep that win streak against them alive and shut them up. This is still a big game for the Chiefs. Even though Broncos are terrible. I would, uh, I'm going to venture out and say, expect more snaps and touches for Sky Moore. And, like, I don't think anybody is overly satisfied with MVS's performance. I would say serviceable at best. And Sky Moore is definitely more dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's a better route runner, 
I would like to see more touches from Sky Moore. I believe with all the pressure from the media and, you know, I, I feel like they hear us talking. We didn't get good results last game and he didn't touch the ball very often. So maybe getting somebody new more touches or somebody newer in this offense um, is going to yield us better results. And I'm hoping that the coaching staff kind of feels that and sees that um, with the tape on Sky Moore so far because he can do great stuff with the ball in his hands. This Broncos defense, for as bad as the team is, most specifically on the offensive side, is one of the best defensively and has been for quite a few years. Um, they do have the best red zone, the number one red zone defense in the entire league. I'm expecting this to still be a pretty tough game. The Chiefs offense, primarily throughout the season, has been one of the better red zone offenses. Um it's going to be it's going to be tough. I would expect most of our scores in this game to come outside of the red zone, so expect there to be big plays when scoring for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go over to defense. What should we expect from the defensive side? I'm really seeing this as a big bounce back week for the defense. They're going up against Russell Wilson. Her quarterback to readjust, come back, and prove that you guys can play and stop an offense. Get some confidence back in yourself. I'm going to be hesitant to say what I expect out of this game because last week I called the defense getting pressure and sacks on Burrow, and that's exactly what did not happen. Um, but I would... I'm going to be very vanilla and just say expect better tackling this week. Coaches have probably driven that shit home all week in practice. For us, we've got another update from our boring sideline reporter off, or excuse me, boring off-field reporter, Shaw. Yeah, it looks like another team uh, kicked the ball and it went through the uprights. It wasn't the the black team it was the blue team thank you sean for your new oh, update oh, raiders are in white my bad right oh so now it's not the white team who scored it is the blue team uh that makes it 10 to 3 uh 10 to 3 rams leading at this point almost the end of the quarter so let's also kick this one over to talking with tyler for your quarter report yeah, I don't know why they're talking to me. It's only been 15 minutes of play football. But the Rams quarterback went half a quarter without scoring, and they said, all right, this guy who's been here for two days is going to come in. You suck, buddy. Baker Hoosfield is out there throwing to God knows who and also running. He 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 ran he ran a couple times out there. He's, he's feeling pretty frisky. Uh, but this game sucks. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler, for your end of the first quarter report. Um, let's kick it back over uh, to what to expect from the defense. Um, for me, I think I'm going to have to take a page out of Tybo's book from last week uh, where we were going to get after uh, Joe Burrow. You got to remember, this Broncos team has 15 players on their injured reserve um, and I believe three of them being on the offensive line. 
it's dismantled and probably one of the reasons why Russell Wilson is having such a horrid time this season. Um, expect Chris Jones and these guys on the defensive line to have a hell of a game. I would say Chris Jones and Carlos Dunlap both combine for three total sacks. That's good. Three total sacks? Three total sacks between the two. Okay. What I'm not I'm I'm not gonna call that. I'm not gonna agree with you or call that because if I say it, it's not gonna happen. So just keep me out of that one. I like it. What are some things we should not be inspe- expecting from the Kansas City Chiefs this week? We should not expect the Chiefs to give up more than 18 points. <laughs> the Broncos simply just can't do that. So I don't know, man. Our defense, I, I, I'd say I'd say Russell should throw for five touchdowns. No, Cortland Sutton's not playing. He's going to throw for over more than over half of the touchdowns he's had on the year. Exactly. It's not like – listen, Tybo, it's not like yeah. Cortland Sutton plays when he's on the field anyways. Dude gives up after three games. Cortland Sutton was his favorite target while he was out there. He still doesn't play. You'll watch him for the first three games, and he looks like he should be an all-pro. You watch him for the rest of it, it looks like he should be in high school. Bold. Adam. Got him. Nice at him on Twitter. Oh, I know. Oh, okay, fine. I'll do it. What high school do you go to, Cortland? Like, what do you? Find what out. high school do you currently go to, Cortland Sutton? Been for donkeys. That's how good they are. Uh, I guess I should say what we should not expect on offense, right? Yes. Well, Sean said something defensively. However, you want to. <laughs> Whichever way you want to go, man. It's your show, Tybo. I'm just going to be 100% reflexive from what I said to expect on defense originally. Don't expect Nick Bolton and Willie Gay to miss a lot of tackles. Uh, Don't expect the secondary to be as scared to tackle as they were in the Bengals game. Um, We should see some fire out of this defense. So tackling, blown coverages – like bad calls on defense, bad flows, whatever. They're gonna they're gonna attack. They're gonna hit somebody. Do expect Juan Thornhill to continue missing tackles. I don't does. expect him to play as much as he did in the Bengals game. I would agree. Do not expect him to play as much. I would I would say his snap share should go down as well. Um, I like listen. I, I 100% under, understand Andy's usual philosophy of sticking with his guys and having faith in his players, but we've seen some pretty good stuff out of Deion Bush and Brian Cook. I mean, Brian Cook's a little bit more streaky uh, to me. Like he's had some pretty bad plays. He's also had some really good plays, but at least like guys are just a little bit too comfortable. That's what I'm seeing out there. If there's more competition underneath them, they're going to have a little bit more fire to be on that field. So this would be a great game. The Broncos would be a great game to let Juan Thornhill and maybe even Justin Reed feel a little bit of that heat. So we should also expect Justin Reed's um, snap share to go down. I was thinking that on on my behalf, just specifically because – um, the way that that the leadership of the team likes to run it, 
um, is when you do something after you've been asked to not do something, usually you see a punishment in some way. Uh, and with Reed going, Justin Reed going back on Twitter um, after he had already been talked to, if you look at uh, some of his interviews on Wednesday and Thursday, um, his facial expressions, not, not very good. Well, somebody said the, the look of a guy who just got chewed out by the staff. Yes. Um, man, what not to expect from this Kansas City Chiefs team? Do not I, I think I, I think I have to take a page out of Sean's book of mistakes. Do not expect mistakes in this game. This is a team that we haven't lost to since I think 2007. So it's been 2272 days. Yeah, sorry. Uh not 2015. It's been uh yeah, 2015. Got those got those numbers mixed up. It's been 2015. Um so do not expect the uh mistakes that we've seen over the last couple of games. Expect it to be very physical but within the rules. Um and Andy is going to have this team whipped into shape. Do not expect the middle of the line to give up a lot of pressures. <laughs> <laughs> Because we know they don't. <laughs> Do not expect a Travis Kelsey fumble. Fair to say. I liked his take on his podcast of like not putting too much emphasis on it to be like the only thing that he focuses on and then just like getting his head about it. Um, but I, you know, he's, I do agree. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to have ball security problems for probably through the end of this year. Who are some of the players uh, that we should watch this week? You got one, Sean? Yeah, I got one for offense and defense. I'm still thinking. Uh, I'm going to start with defense right here. Frank Clark. He had a rough week last week. Uh, He was also coming off that illness. Hopefully he's feeling a lot better. Hopefully he's ready to go, ready to play. And get some pressures and sack Russ. Expecting one and a half sacks from Frank. Calling in now. Four and a half team total sacks between Sean's take and my take. I like it. We're going for it. And for offense, I'm going to look out for Jarek McKinnon. He is probably one of the smallest players on offense for us, but he is an amazing pass blocker out of the backfield for Pat. And whenever he gets the ball in his hands, he can move. I've loved watching him. He's, he's been doing pretty good over the last few weeks, so expect him to get around the same amount of touches as, as he usually has, but still probably break a big one off. I got a couple for you. On defense, I'm going to be watching Willie Gay. I understand Nick Bolton had a bad game. He's due for a little bounce back. I understand Nick Bolton is capable of a high level of play, but I think it would be incredibly refreshing for – I mean, he's only been on the team for one or two more years than Nick Bolt. Just one more year? Yeah. But a little bit more of a veteran, um, slightly older guy on the team. But he has shown that he has incredible athletic ability, the fire to continue to play and play smart. Um, Willie Gay is also probably better in coverage. I know we got shredded in the middle of the field last, last game. 
Um, he wants to lead the league in interceptions. He's got only a short amount of games to try and get there for lead the league in interceptions for linebackers. Um, I, my eye is going to be on him because it would be incredibly refreshing for me to see, you know, somebody other than Nick Bolton, Chris Jones, and Legarius Sneed make an impact on that defense. And to be completely honest, Willie Gay has, I know he had his suspension, but he hasn't, the games that he's been back, he hasn't had an impact on a game since like the Chargers game, the first Chargers game. Like he was flying around the field in that game a lot. Um, overran a couple of plays even in that game, but like his motor was going that game, and I don't think I've seen it since he's been back. So I'm watching him. I like that. I think you've stolen my defensive player. Uh, I was gonna say you want to see game. if I can. You want to see if I can steal your offensive player? Yes, you probably can. Go ahead. Because I already gave it away earlier. I'm watching Sky Moore. Mm. <laughs> I want to see more snaps for him. Call your shot. What's he getting? I I can't trust that our coaching staff is going to listen to me anyways. Like, I don't have a prediction. But six to seven touches will be appropriate. I think making up for last week when he definitely should have been involved in the offense more – especially on those jet sweeps and whatnot. I think that definitely would have helped out as we've got and had gotten into the red zone, uh, kind of like I talked about and expected um, for me defensively um, because I now can't go with Willie Gay, even though I expect him to have an interception this week. Um, I'm going, I'm going to have to say, um, give, give me Sky Moore or not, excuse me, not Sky Moore. Goodness. <laughs> Trent I mean, McDuffie, yeah, but... another rookie. Trent McDuffie, I expect him to have another solid week in coverage, um, and he will be angry enough that he comes away with an interception this week that is not caused by a BS DPI. Do uh, do you mean Clamps McDuffie? Clamps McDuffie. Clamps McDuffin. Stop the presses. We've got to kick it over to our boring off-field reporter, Sean, with another update. This is an uh, old-fashioned kickoff we have right here. All I've seen so far is kicking, kicking, <laughs> kicking. The game's about as boring as you, right? It's terrible. I love the great detail that you go into. <laughs> That's all I see, man, is kicking. That one was by the Raiders. 13-3. Back to you. I think there was a, a couple by the coaches, too. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, I haven't seen them yet. Thank you, Sean, for your report. Um, I'm going to have to say, offensively, my player to watch this week is Isaiah Pacheco. He will have over 80 yards of rushing, and he will also have more than 40 yards receiving. Okay. He's going to have two touchdowns. I'd love to see him get involved in the pass. Oh, I would love it. Jesus, man. The one screen he had last week. Just be be what Clyde was supposed to be for us, bud. Come on. (laughs) John, who's your uh, offensive player to watch? I believe I said Jerk McKinnon earlier. Yes, he did. I missed that one. So then, uh, what are our keys to winning this game? I'm going to go with run the ball on offense. 
it really balances balances us out. Uh, Broncos still pretty solid defense, like I said earlier. Keep them honest, run the ball. And for defense, easy one here. Pressure, Russ. Get after him. He's not that good of a quarterback. He's going to make mistakes. They're not going to move the ball down the field at all if we pressure Russ. There's been a lot of stuff detailing his lack of, like, maneuverability, his lack of escapability. He used to have that in his younger days, and it's 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 almost gone. I don't know. I mean, maybe the injuries that have continued to rack up over his career, um, but that that has to be considering how bad it was last year. That has to be the key for the defense is getting pressure on Russell Wilson. I don't even care if it comes non-traditionally, if it comes with like formation switch-ups and guys are on different coming from different spots on the field. Like if like Spagnolo kind of does like that's his strength. Like I don't care if it comes that way. There's just gotta be some way for these talented players to do their job. Um, we've seen it. I don't know how or why it didn't come in the Bengals game, but if there's a game to get right along the D-line or right the ship that was going in a great direction, like this before the Bengals game, everybody was really high on our defensive line. Um, talking about how Frank Clark was not top five in pressures. Um, Chris Jones, I believe, still leads all defensive tackle pressures, but didn't have one last game. So... The, the this Broncos team is is the team to kind of correct those issues, right the ship. And on offense, it also starts up front. The key to the game is when we're passing, protect, protect Pat. Protect him. Protect him. I have to go. Uh, the tackles, like the tackles, got to be better in this game. Sorry, yeah, keep interrupting. It. You're good. No, you're good. That's. I mean, it's true. Uh, I'm going to have to go mistake-free football, limit the penalties, limit um, limit playing poorly and allowing uh, edge rushers and other defensive linemen to get back, get behind you, just playing mistake-free football. And the second one's going to have to be um, the special teams, like special teams getting right, making sure that we're fielding punts, making sure that we're uh, – getting the ball through the uprights like everybody doing their job playing playing well on special teams if we do that then we'll be good like making our field goals or stuff like that yes yeah. making the field goals fielding punts making sure that we're taking care of what needs to be done kicking the ball through the yellow thing like it's your yellow. one one job kicker just like this uh this Thursday night Raiders Rams game it's a kicking affair well then let's get into our pick them real quick like i said we've got the chiefs versus the donkeys on sunday at 305 the broncos at home are nine point dogs Ibo, I believe you are picking first as you requested on tuesday <laughs> or on wednesday's show yeah, we snuff, uh the donkeys uh, are only going to score nine points. 
Mile high is great for kickers. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say 31 to 9. 31 to 9. 35 9. Chiefs. 35 to 9. Wow. Pretty decent. I'm going to say Chiefs 27 to 12. Uh, 27 to 12 all field goals. It's going to hit one of these times. It's going to hit for the nine points, not the 12. Yeah. Well, that will do it for the pick Um We will be back to you on uh, Tuesday or on Wednesday. It'll be released to you uh, to cover what happens in this game. So make sure you check it back out. Um, we will be back in our NFL show with more updates from a boring off field reporter and talking with Tyler. As always, go team. Go team. Go team. Go team.